What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 23 of Hit the Books, your weekly podcast dedicated to all things sports. This week, we're diving deep into the NFL Conference Championship games, breaking down the matchups, and discussing the latest news from around the leagues. Conference Championship weekend carrying a sense of deja vu with three of the same four teams battling for a trip to Super Bowl 57. But that's not all. We will be discussing the latest news and updates from other sports leagues, including the NBA, the NHL, and more. Whether you're one of our regular fans or just or a newcomer, there's something for everybody on Hit the Books. So let's jump in and introduce my co-host, Huff, Ace, and Mackie, the men who are here each and every week to analyze these games with me. Huff, let's start off with you. What's happening, my man? Another solid week here on the podcast. Yeah, what's going on, everyone? Uh, like we said, big weekend of football coming up. We've been saying that for the past couple of weeks, but that's what we deal with with the NFL playoffs. Uh, obviously, the time of year we love to get into NFC, AFC championships this weekend. Um, yeah, and then we got the big game coming up in two weeks. So lots of football talk, obviously, this week. No episode next week, just to get that out there uh, while we lead up to the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, a lot, really excited to sit down. Two really good games this week, great lines. Um, I'm really liking what we're seeing on the board, so I'm excited to get into it. But um, hand things back over to you. Yeah, good stuff there, Huff. Excited to hear more from you this week. Ace, let's send it over to you next. Coming to us from the northeastern side of the United States, up there in Rhode Island. What's happening, buddy? How's it going? Happy to be back for another week. Uh, like Huff said, got the big game coming up soon, so... We got conference championships here, really um, some great teams in the NFL world. Um, a lot of other sports going on. I'm currently watching a great game between the Bruins and Lightning right now, tied 2-2 late in the third. See who comes out there when you're listening to this. But um, yeah, two two other leagues, NBA, NHL, been rocking. Um, a lot of units there. I said I was going to have a resurgence in the playoffs for the NFL on the card, and it's really come about. So hoping to keep that going this week. Um, yeah, ready to talk about it. Got some good takes ready for you. Yes, sir. Keep it up, Ace. You got a good record here in the start of the playoff or the coming through the playoffs here. Mackie, let's finish it off with you for the introductions. What is going on there, buddy? Yeah, what's going on? Just uh, happy to be back. Talking another uh, week of football. We only got two left, so uh, we're really uh, embracing all these moments here. We've got two really good games this week. Uh, my Cowboys couldn't get it done last week. We can uh, review those over this uh, podcast, but um yeah just a terrible game by those cowboys uh getting knocked out by um by the 49ers for the second year in a row and uh that leads us with uh two really good matchups this week so it'd be nice to go over it and uh talk about it yeah Mackie said it we will head over and check out the divisional games we'll do a recap on those here shortly but first let's jump into some news from around the other leagues here we're going to start off with the nhl the Canes and the Capitals unveiled their Stadium Series jerseys for a game that I had no idea was happening in Raleigh, North Carolina at NC State's Carter-Finley Stadium. Uh, I felt like I may have heard a flint of this last year, but I truly don't know if I really did. Uh, their jerseys are pretty sweet. Big uh, capital, the bird with the wings spread out across the jersey in a sweet black with dark red, or like a nice red for the Carolina Hurricanes. I- you guys see that i didn't i didn't even realize those were new cane jerseys i thought they already had those or something very similar those are pretty filthy i like them they do look very I like both similar of them, or something i i like these canes jerseys a lot those are sick the caps ones are pretty cool too very like the bird you gotta love that but kind of modest I, like, know, I, 
I like I dark jerseys better than white jerseys, so I'm good. I'm I don't like when it. they do the big logos like that. That's just me. Like a couple years ago when they did the yeah. big numbers on the sleeves, it just looked weird. I don't know. I just don't. It's I don't like when the logo, Yeah, I don't like when the logo is like the whole jersey. But yeah, those Carolina ones are pretty sharp, just the black and red. But I feel like I don't know. Like we were talking when the Penguins and Bruins were in the Winter Classic just like a month ago, or when they unveiled the jerseys for that like about two months ago probably and. We were saying our teams are running out of ideas. You're in so many outdoor games. And Carolina, I don't even know if they've been in an outdoor game or the last time they have been. Let's get some, like, just wear the Hartford Whaler jerseys. You know what I mean? Seriously. I would rather, I know that's a reverse retro. I would rather them see just bring back, like, the white or the, like, a blue version of that. That would have been sick. We'll cover more on that. That game happening, uh, I believe, sometime here in February. Not 100% sure. Is there, the any, more, is there the any more stadium series games that anyone knows about that I don't know about? There's probably a Heritage Classic or something like that, definitely. And then potentially another one later in the year. But it's always great to see Alexander Ovechkin play as he chases that Gretzky record. So I'll definitely be on potential Alexander Ovechkin anytime goal scorer. Watch for that one. That'll be an interesting outdoor game at a uh, college football stadium. I know we've had... Uh, they played at what the Cotton Bowl before, so with Dallas and Nashville, I think it was last year or the year before. So, I don't know, but NC State Stadium, I don't know how many people that seats. Jesse, is that what you were talking about whenever I first hopped in here? Like, what's the average college football stadium? Like, obviously, when you say average, you're not even considering like the LSUs, the Michigans, the Ohio States, Penn States. Like, those are all 100,000 people. You think it's 40,000? Yeah. For average? I'd say like when we say yeah. when Wait, we say on, average, like Division One, I'd or say like... Power Five, Power Five. Okay, like West Virginia has put maybe can maybe fit what? West Virginia sixty. Yeah, West Virginia sixty. No something. way, West Virginia sixty. Yeah, it, yeah is. it is. Dude, that the stadium's a, a third of the size of like any it's SEC the, school. It's the bleach. It's the bleachers. That's why they do bleachers in colleges because they can pack people in the bleachers and get the, the capacity. Okay, then Penn State and them have to be like 120 at Penn least. State's 107. Penn State's, I was going to say 107. Michigan's 107 or 108. It's like just over Penn State. Uh, Carter, fin- Carter Finley's State. just Those shy two, 60, Mackie, 57 Mackie. and a half. WVU just doesn't feel sorry. like it in the moment, but it is fucking... Bro, it people. is so, but like I've also like been in... Milan Pusker and I've been in 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 the in the Oval in uh, at Ohio State and it's at least double triple the size like it's got to be. Let's look. I don't know. Sixty yeah, thousand exactly for for Pushkar and then uh. Mackie, think of it like this: Heinz Field Stadium is, is I think Heinz Field is five. So close. So I'm gonna say average forty k. Forty k. Give me as an average for college stadiums. I feel like it's a good number. For for Power Five, it's at least it's. I'd say more like seventy five thousand, eighty thousand. Yeah, because you you have all those schools that have the crazy. Dude, West Virginia is probably one of the lower, one of the smaller stadiums in a in a Power Five school out of the Power Five schools. And then you look. You'd if you really wanted to break it down, you'd look at like the Big Twelve and all the the Texas, Oklahoma. TCU, ACC schools these, don't have that. that every option. single SEC school. Every, yeah, I was going to say, every SEC school, they're kind of out of the picture because they all have huge stadiums. I'm thinking even like the schools you wouldn't think of. Like Texas Tech has a fucking massive, I bet they're 65,000. What it's about ACC? Hey, you guys ready? Oh, good. The Bruins just got scored on. SEC stadiums are the biggest in oh college football. God. ACC and Pac-12 are way behind. 
ACC has an average. Their average is 58,452 seats. Uh, SEC's... Okay, so wait, wait, wait. If an ACC, if the ACC average is fifty eight thousand, then the Power Five average is at least eighty thousand. SEC's eighty thousand five hundred eighty seven. Uh, Pac 12s eighty nine, or sorry, fifty nine thousand and change. Big Ten seventy one thousand and change. Big Twelve sixty one thousand seven hundred. Yeah, so there's a there's some there's other ones on more here, than you would think. Seems like right around seventy then. Wild. All right. Interesting stuff. All right. Well, let's shift our focus here back to the NHL. The next point I got here is that the big talk of the town right now is load management possibly coming to the NHL. Uh, what could that mean? And I'm curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are. Anyone want to rattle off something on here? I just think uh, a lot of people in the NHL are going to think that's really soft. Um, I mean, the NHL. I don't think it's going to be as true as, as the NBA load management at all. I mean, you got Kawhi sitting out literally forty games in a yeah. season. It's and, not gonna be like that. Never, it's literally half the season. They so. would give them if they went to an OT game. Maybe the next day on a Sunday, you give them the night off. But still, I don't think superstars in the NHL are really about that action. So, I don't. I don't believe that too much. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm so, kind of on this. I'm kind of on that same page. I think the idea of it, obviously, in certain situations, like you're you're always gonna have that debate with like with the first round of the NFL playoffs and, or I guess it would technically be the second round when it comes to the divisional round and the one seeds that come out of the bye week, everyone always says, you know, Oh, did this team sit their starters week 18? Is it rest or is it rust? You know what I mean? How are they going to look coming into this game? Have they been sitting too long? And like with the NHL and NBA where you're playing 82 games in a season and you're playing sometimes two out of three, three out of four nights. Um, like, like I said, if you have a late Saturday night and you're coming into a Sunday matinee or, um, just a kind of a long game, overtime, hard-fought game against, like, for example, Bruins-Lightning, and then say the Bruins got a game against the Ducks. You know, you don't want to overlook any opponent in the NHL because it's kind of, it's just like any other professional sport where any team can really win. But I, I, I do see situations where teams will take advantage of it, guys like that have proven themselves throughout the league, obviously all the superstars. You don't really see it much in the NBA with, like, other than superstars, so I don't think it'll get too out of hand. But the NBA, obviously, you said you have guys like Kawhi that miss – basically half the season and just kind of wait around for the playoffs and hope his team's in a position to that he can come in and maybe save them come playoff time. But I don't know. I don't think it'll get too out of hand with the NHL. But, of course, whenever it was introduced to the NBA, it wasn't really known as load management. So we didn't really know what to expect when players started to sit. So I'm interested to see if this starts to become more of a thing. But, like I said, I don't really think it will, uh, at least as of now. But some of these guys, they deserve the rest. Like, I mean, like teams right now, like the Bruins, they're – whatever the record is and they're obviously looking at the playoffs they know they got a long season ahead of them still we're not even at the all-star break you know you give a couple of your guys another 24 25 years old but you look at like a bergeron or a Krejci, hey take this one off we'll get this you know what i mean we got the team you know, we'll figure yeah, it I've out yeah i've heard rumors about that for bergeron yeah like just older guys like that like in certain situations i can see it really being beneficial for them all right the next point I have here in the NHL is that Rick Tockett has been hired as the coach of the Vancouver Canucks, hopefully a step in the right direction for the Canucks. Uh, I heard a rumor that when uh, his first game there at home, he got booed by the Canucks fans, but I read through the replies and stuff, and people said very little booing. So take what you want from that. Next point I got here is that the Pittsburgh Penguins goaltender Tristan Jari is out with an injury till the All-Star break at least. 
Um, really taken, I guess, that injury coming from the Winter Classic all the way out here till the All-Star break. Coming back for just a tiny little bit there. But very sad to see him go for <clears throat> a longer time. We'll see if DeSmith can hold it down. Anything on that, Huff? He's holding it down. He's holding it right down, down right now in overtime on a penalty kill against Capitals. But obviously, a guy we we need our starter back. We didn't have him last year in the playoffs, so it's really yet to see what this Penguins team can do with a healthy Jari the whole season. So, uh, just rooting for him to get back. Absolutely. Next one, we're going to shoot it to Ace here. The Bruins goaltender Olmark became the fastest goalie to reach 25 wins in NHL history, accomplishing the feat in just 28 decisions, a record that has not been set last. Has not been set last nearly 90 years ago. Ace, anything on that? Yeah, Omar's really come into his own this season, um, keeping the Bruins in games night in and night out, even tonight. Um, down one late, but he's had a great game, great season all along, elected to his first career All-Star game too. Really uh, shines a light on the success he's had. I think it also has to do with the team in front of him, the amount of depth, but I mean, that's an insane record, and he's posting shutouts, he's... He's doing it night in and night out. Even when Swayman was hurt, he's holding down the fort. So great to see him come into his own after getting that big contract in the year before. Absolutely. He's a stud, truly. Especially with that team in front of him. All right, next one here. I want to hear your guys' comments. Connor Bedard, the projected number one pick in the 2023 Upper Deck NHL Draft, is in his third season with Regina of the Western Hockey League. 17-year-old centers, 81 points in 33 games this season. Curious to hear what you guys think about him, where you think he might end up. Ducks seem to be the talk of the town to get that first round that first first round pick. What do you guys think? How, how does the NHL draft lottery work? Is it like every team gets one ball? No, no. It no, depends uh, on if, if you're, you're in a lower you're, seed, you get more. Okay. It's percentage wise, so you just get like more balls in the in the thing, I guess. For, if you're last place, you get like a 24% chance, I think, to get the first overall pick. Okay. So it's not uh, guaranteed, like 16, but you have, a, you have a good chance. Okay. Yeah, so it, it just it just avoids tanking. But, um, yeah, I mean, this kid, if you guys watched him in the World Juniors, this kid's an absolute stud. Um, they say he's the next McDavid. I wouldn't go that far just yet. You know, not many people uh, come in the league like that guy did. But uh, he's definitely one of those uh, lottery-breaking um, number one overall picks. So, um, he should. He's got a lot of hype coming into in, coming into the uh, next season. So we'll see what he could do. Uh, I like uh, I like what this, I like what I see from this guy so far. So do you guys see know, the clip of Timo Solane um, in the Ducks locker room? And they had the empty stall next to Zagris and Terry for uh, Bedard. I did see that. It was def- yeah, it was definitely staged, but that was pretty funny. I mean, whoever gets him is going to get a stud. I'd personally like to see him go to Chicago in that big market and take over for Patrick Kane, but we'll see. We were talking about it earlier. I don't remember what episode, but I, I think Arizona would be a pretty cool location for them to get a franchise. Yeah, everyone's like saying Arizona. We'll see who gets that first round pick. I think he's you know definitely going to go first overall. So we'll see what happens there. The next point here is Gary Bettman made a comment. He said that NHL teams don't tank to get a higher draft pick. The quote was, nobody tanks. You're not going to lose games to increase your odds by a couple of percentage points. That's silly. Another point here, I'm curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are on it, um, whether you agree or disagree. What do you think? I disagree. I mean, I agree. I agree with Batman. I agree with Batman. I don't think anybody's tanking in the NHL. Too much integrity. It's just straight facts. Like, why would you? Why would you tank to get an extra four percent to get the number one overall pick? I mean, uh, it's it, it literally avoids tanking, in my opinion. So, I think every league should do it. To be honest. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Mackie, you said that about the when I literally just asked about the lottery ball, you go, yeah, it just kind of eliminates tanking, and then there's this statement, obviously, about exactly. the commissioner, so. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. So. Even though we saw the Houston Texans absolutely blow the number one overall pick this year. Well, pro athletes are still going to play. It's just you could. The front office can always tank, but the player, the product on the field, ice court, however you want to say it, whatever sport you're playing, they're they're not going to tank. Yeah, they're going as hard as they can. I, I still think Lovey Smith got fired because he won that football game. Yeah, probably. Alrighty, that's going to wrap up our NHL for tonight. Don't forget, we are plus 17.58 units this year on our daily NHL card that we release on our social media accounts. So be sure to follow that each and every day. Lots of picks coming in, especially a few tonight. Alright, let's shift our focus over to the NBA. The first point I have here is that Steph Curry has reached a career 21,000 points. Another accolade to add to his Hall of Fame resume. He's accomplished his feat this past Wednesday night. Any comments? Yeah, just uh, it just sucks this guy hit his stride so like six years into his career, five years into his career. Because um, if he if he was able to do what he's doing now from when he st- got into the league, his numbers would just be out of control. Um, but obviously a great accolade for him. He's just gonna keep going. He's definitely got a lot, a lot, uh, more than a few more years of his prime. So uh. I don't know. See what he got. see what else he has got in store for us. Did you see that game last night, Ace? I know you were watching that, the highlights where Jordan Poole is getting a little uh, little selfish, not passing the the arguably the bet greatest shooter of all time. Dude, it was a it was Even a brand Clay new Thompson shot clock. Why are you? Bricks. It, yeah, it was a he, it was a rebound. It was, it was 14 seconds left on the shot clock, and he gets it out, and he sh- heaves one from half court. Steph's like, if we're shooting a three with a new shot clock, I'm shooting it. Right after Steph you're the third, step you're, back deep, too. That was a good game to watch, though. I mean, it lived up to the hype. I think that's a budding rivalry in the NBA. And you got Curry versus Morant. They were the leading scorers for each team. He got thrown out, and then the Warriors still had the depth to get it done at home. So that was, that was a good one to watch. I, I hate Memphis line. just because of, the, just cause of that beef. Because of the Twitter beef between John Morant and Draymond Green? Yeah, like they just no, not even. It's just the Memphis talking all together. Like all their players were talking. They I haven't like won if, anything. I like their talk though. Without it, I feel like they would be. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it builds them up, makes them a better team. If they believe it, then the other teams start to believe it. They're hanging with the teams like the Warriors, you know. Well, yeah, they're be- they're one of the better um, regular season teams the past two years. But um, did they even win a, p- a playoff series last year? Yeah, they won. Or they go to Game Seven. I don't remember. I can't tell you, but I remember definitely they had a good series crazy. last year. All right, that's going to wrap up what we have in the NBA tonight. That card also up five and a half units itself. Another good one to follow each and every night. Again, on our social media accounts. Let's jump over to the NFL. The news that we got here starts out with Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and Patrick Mahomes are the finalists for the Associate Press 2022. NFL MVP and Offensive Player of the Year awards. Curious what you guys think about these finalists for the MVP and such. I don't know who the betting odds are to get this, but I would go with uh, I'd go with Justin Jefferson. I just feel like that's. I think was it for last, the MVP? What is this Offensive Player of the Year? It says both. I found them out that they were 
kind of they're all offensive kind of player of the year had also has um Joe Burrow and Josh Allen in it. But those two are obviously not going to get it. I mean, yeah. whoever gets offensive player of the year is just not going to get MVP. Um I think it's going to be Mahomes MVP and then Jetta's offensive player of the year. But yeah. that really sucks for Jalen Hurts cuz he he had an MVP. He, it sucks for Jalen Hurts cuz he deserves at least one of them. I mean, he had the season going. He sat out two games, which he shouldn't have sat out. I mean, it's um, stupid he did it to himself. In, in the first place. Wait, exactly. who'd you he say is going to be the MVP? Mahomes. Mahomes. Mahomes yeah. basically has it locked in. I think he's like minus 1,300, to be honest. But um, Jalen Hurts was like minus 1,200 two weeks before he got injured. And then he was like minus 800. And then he sat out two weeks, and he was plus 110. And it just it just fell from his hands like like uh as fast as ever. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as he got hurt, obviously he missed those couple of games and I mean, I know the Eagles like when he's not in, it can't go against them, but uh I don't know. I think it was the way how... it went down though. Like he got he got injured, he finished the game and then he sat out the next game just because he he wasn't okay to play. Like you were able to finish a game against the Chicago Bears, but you can't ride it out against a divisional opponent who's on your tails yeah so i don't know i think it was a lot to do with that too i mean if he like i don't know i think if it was a different situation he he wouldn't have been uh as drastic as as it was no yeah i know what you mean <clears throat> gonna be an interesting race there curious to see what happens and we'll have more on that uh coming in the next few weeks next point here is that the jets hire former broncos coach nathaniel hackett as their new offensive coordinator does this bring some more light to the Rodgers, to the Jets rumors? Uh, what do you guys think? I think Rodgers or, I said it, Rodgers or Brady, I think one of them's going to the Jets. The Jets are a very nice free agent market for a quarterback slide in there, kind of like the Broncos were last year. Uh, we know how that worked out, but you get a guy like Rodgers or Brady. Obviously, neither of them seem too happy with their current situation, but uh, those older guys, they usually like to take their time away from football before they like to make a big decision like that, but in Rodgers' scenario, we're hearing that the Packers are willing to listen to trade scenarios. Uh, so it's going to come down to – I don't know if Rodgers has a trade or uh, no trade clause. I would imagine he does just being who he is. But I'd like to see uh, one of these guys end up in the jet, in a Jet uniform. I think that would be an interesting uh, market for them. Ace, I know that's a divisional matchup for you. but um, I guarantee I think, Brady doesn't go to the New York Jets. Dude, I, I think one of them is <laughs> going there for sure. No, I, I don't think wouldn't. there's. He, I don't think there's Brady, Brady, Miami, Vegas, Dark Horse, Tennessee, and if the Niners don't win it this year, then he San Francisco would be in the running too. I don't but think Brady's going not going back to the cold. He he won't Miami, go back and play in the Miami cold. Miami or Vegas, Vegas with Josh McDaniels. I think and, I think he should go to Vegas. I, I Miami I think too though. Miami too. No, because Miami's for Lamar. I want Lamar to go to Miami. I want Lamar to stay. I agree. That'd nah. be a good place for the Ravens. Too. Treat him like shit, and they do nothing for him. Why would you want him to stay? Because he's the whole team. But the team's not doing anything with just him. No, they are. They're good when he's on the field. I just don't They're see either of these guys Super going Bowl to the contenders. Raiders. The, Raider, the Raiders are a cursed franchise, and I don't think either of these guys want to be a part of that. No, yeah, but, but you go there with Brady would go there with McDaniel's. Brady would go there McDaniel's and Devontae Adams, Darren he Waller. He left. He Hunter left Renfro. McDaniel's. That's because they didn't offer him a contract. But, I mean, he could have went to the Raiders that year. That was like, no, 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 we couldn't. McDaniels was still on the Patriots then. McDaniels just started as the Raiders 
head coach? I don't know. I, I, I don't see the Raiders as a free agent market that everyone's talking about. Josh Jacobs is on the way out, basically. The defense is what it is. I know you have guys like Max Crosby and an older version of Chandler Jones. I just – I don't know. I think that Raiders team has seen their their potential of the past five years. Think of that's a think of the confidence that team – Think about the confidence of that team that that team gets if you get Tom Brady at quarterback. We saw it happen to Tampa Bay Bucks. But that also, team. also I mean, I get, another dark horse, Tennessee Titans for Mike Vrabel. It's a good situation to go into as well. Single Brady now yeah, in Nashville, Tennessee. Know. They're they're just they're just not good enough. I mean, that Derek division's just not a bad ass though. Man. He would only have to worry think about, about adding Lawrence. Brady though. Adding he Brady saw that this year, Huff. If the Niners don't win, they're dark, they're they're considered. But Miami was always who he was linked to. But I just think McDaniel's a good narrative. If he goes to San Francisco, I think they're going to be minus odds to win the world or to win the uh, the the big game next year. Yeah, someone's got to win the big game. Brady has a uh, seven big game rings. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I just I could see Devontae Adams in a different uniform next year. I don't think that's going to be the team that whatever quarterback is walking into thinks it is. You don't want it to be against your Russell Wilson and his Broncos. I'm not even thinking about that. I just think, I mean, even <laughs> if you want to think about it like that, say they have a decent year, Chargers are still the Chargers, Chiefs are the Chiefs. That's not a division that I want to walk into if I'm a free agent, 45-year-old quarterback. That. That's the one thing about it is that that's the hardest division in the league to walk into right now. And as a 45-year-old quarterback who's just trying to win another Super Bowl, honestly, at this point, um, why would you walk into that division and have to work your ass off? Yeah, don't. that's, that's the whole but reason he doesn't he want to go to But you go to a team like Tennessee and you got Jacksonville on the rise and you don't want – he doesn't want to be the Bucks again and win his division at 7-9 at and nine or 8-8. Eight and nine, where whatever they were, yeah, and sneak and then, in and then get his ass kicked again. What about yeah, and then get his ass kicked because he's not staying in Tampa Bay. If you saw, dude, all everything like the way that he acts, everything that he did, like he is not staying in Tampa Bay. There's I think no the way. only reason he would have stayed in Tampa Bay is if they got rid of Todd Bowles and the fact that they're getting rid of all their offensive coordinators and naming all these new head coach or assistant coaches. That usually means that. That's Todd Bowles' staff coming in. A lot of these guys that they're replacing were brought in by Bruce Arians and the old Bucks regime that won the Super Bowl. And now the fact that Bowles is bringing in all these guys, I think he's there to stay. And obviously Brady's a year-by-year situation right now, and I think the Bucks are looking more for the future. They got what they wanted. They were a team that really hadn't seen success since the early 2000s, and Brady went down there, won them their, their honeymoon Super Bowl, and I think that's the best we're going to see of Brady in a Buck uniform. But – uh, I don't think that's a team that he'll be taking back to the Super Bowl. And that defense is just was such a weird situation this year because they were so good two years ago. And then uh, last year just kind of couldn't really do much. And the offense was the offense. I don't know. That's that's another team. But the, the division is so bad. It's like, how can he walk away from that? Like you, where you guys are saying, like, leave the Bucks to go to the Raiders. Like, you're coming to the AFC. You got to go through Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert. Like we can name all the quarterbacks. If Rodgers comes to the AFC, I think Brady and Rodgers they need to stay their ass in the NFC if they want to have any chance of the Super Bowl. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but I think he'll walk into somewhere that has the weapons established and, uh, like Mackie said, a warmer weather climate. So that's why my thoughts is Brady going to Miami, Vegas, or San Francisco. But we'll we'll see how that pans out. Definitely eager to determined i definitely think he plays again i'll say that 
a lot of people uh, hinting at retirement, you know. Of course, lots of retirement talks for him and Rodgers, respectively. But we got another signing here. The Carolina Panthers are hiring Frank Reach as their new head coach. Another signing here for the Panthers, just all over the place here this season so far. Actually, he's a good head coach. I mean, I'm not surprised that he got picked up so quickly. Happy that he goes to the Panthers because I'm a fan of uh, some of the players they have down there. And they have a lot of guys that are gritty football players and kind of had a tough year with the Indianapolis Colts. It's a weird team to begin with. No true leader at quarterback going with Matt Ryan. Um, And the injuries to Jonathan Taylor, who I think was overhyped. I think he'll instill a good football culture there and might be able to bring them back to relevance, especially with that way that division stands at this point. Alrighty, and with that, let's recap our divisional round games from last week. Real quickly, the 49ers took down the Cowboys 19-12. Bengals took down the Bills 27-10. Eagles smothered the Giants 38-7. And Chiefs went over the Jags 27-20. Mackie, you want to start off with your Cowboys playing a disappointing game there against the 49ers. What do you think? If this game didn't have Cowboys written all over it, um, they just they just did what they do every single year: um, just turnovers, clock management, um, not making the big plays. They had so many chances to win this game. They were, they they should have won this game. In my opinion, they're the better team if Dak if Dak doesn't throw those two interceptions, and we if Dak doesn't throw that interception to end the second half or at the end at the end of the first half, and we go down and get points, and they're not up nine six at half, and we get the ball coming out of half. That's a whole different ballgame, in my opinion. Um, you can't throw that interception. It's, it's a lousy throw. Um, it's just him making his mistakes again. And uh, against a team like that, against a defense like that, uh, when you only get 12 points, you can't be making mistakes like that. So basically that's what it came down to is those two interceptions. I think we were the better team. Um, you just can't make, make those mistakes. Brock Purdy had zero interceptions. Dak had two, and that was the difference in that game. And Purdy, I thought at times Purdy looked uh... – the most uncomfortable we've seen him, uh, obviously, in the short stint that we've seen him in the NFL. But that Dallas defense, and that was exactly why I was on Dallas plus four. Um, I had I so much confidence in that defense to cause the chaos that they did with him. Uh, and he just kept doing exactly what Shanahan was probably telling him. Let's use McCaffrey. Let's use the run game. Uh, just use what we've used over the past couple of years to get us through success. And uh, the Cowboys offense just couldn't get enough done. And one of the things that I think was a huge turning point in that game is when Tony Pollard went down and didn't return to the game. Uh, I think what he brings to that Cowboys offense with Zeke and uh, Dak, I mean, just in the run game between Pollard and Zeke, I think that's such a nice two-headed uh, two-headed monster to be bringing out of your backfield. And um, obviously we saw Zeke kind of have to take over the majority of the carries. And I don't know. I think that was a big turning point for the Cowboys when their, their running game was kind of put to a halt when they were forced to go back to Zeke for uh, basically the rest of the game. And, um, but like you said, Mackie, Dak did his thing and uh, the, can't really, you know, take back those turnovers. But um, Purdy, not, no discount to those 49ers. They're obviously legit. The defense is what it is, the best in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, the, I, I had a lot of faith in the Cowboys on, uh, what was that, Sunday. But, yeah, the 49ers, the 19-12 win. Obviously, that's more like the playoff scores that I'm used to. Uh, last weekend in the wild card round or two weekends ago, I guess you'd say we had all those fucking crazy out of hand. And these are more like the uh, playoff football scores that I'm used to. So uh, defensive game, Cowboys didn't get many chances. The one, Another huge turning point was when Stephon Diggs dropped the fucking wide-open interception on his own five-yard line. That could have turned the game around. 
Trayvon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs, thank you. But that um, that was that that was the dude. It's just like making those plays. Like we did, we didn't make any big plays all game to to make the turning point and swing momentum in our direction. It was just like those that play right there was the game. We if we if you intercept that, we win that game. That's the story of the NFL. That's why it's like single knockout. You don't see that in like like always in the NHL or NBA. The better team wins, you know, ninety nine percent of the time in a seven game series. But in a single knockout NFL uh, playoff game, you see a lot of situations where if the ball's not bouncing your way or if things aren't going your way for even a quarter, you can really take yourself out of a single elimination game. I was on the other side of that game. Then you guys went two and zero on that one. I've been really high on this Niners team all year long. And kind of, kind of to your point, I know that that's Brock Purdy looked uncomfortable. He did, but he still had a perfect game throughout the air. Didn't turn the ball over once. Stayed within the game script with Kyle Shanahan, one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. You can see by the tree that he's created. But at the same time, that's the second best pass rush in the NFL. They're playing against the San Francisco 49ers. That's why I know you think that seven game series that. The Cowboys would take them. I I don't think so. I think the Niners are a better. No, they version. would. They would. They would. No, no, they wouldn't. They yeah. they wouldn't. They they didn't even cover the spread. We can um, disagree on this one. They would beat them in a seven game series. The fact you mean, didn't, they they're they're proven, that's not a game where they should not be covering two, the spread. Two, two games, two years in a row, knocked out by the same team, a team that gets stronger. And I think I'm telling you, I know that McCaffrey didn't even have a great game. That defense played great, but he got in the end zone. He's the difference maker that was traded over at the deadline. The Niners went and got their guy. I mean, Brock Purdy may not be anything special, but look at what they've gone to the Super Bowl and NFC Championship games with before. Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, come on. Purdy's putting a lot better performance than that. And Kittle's really coming into his own, taking over games. They had no answer for him on the other side of the ball. Um, CeeDee Lamb and all those weapons on Dallas, what else do they need on that side of the ball? Ezekiel Elliott asking to stay on a cheaper rate. I think he's Tony Pollard the they need. Than, That's what I said. Yeah, they need Tony Pollard. Yeah, that, that definitely hurt him, but... I, they didn't have anything going all day long. Their only touchdown again going to to the tight end. I mean, ne- really reliant on Dalton Schultz. That 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 Forty Nineers defense is the though. best defense in the NFL for a reason, and they showcased it, and that's why they're still alive. And the Cowboys are not. The Cowboys defense strives to be what the the Forty Nineers are. They're getting there. They're getting there. I, I I mean, Dak had two turnovers basically in our own zone, and we got them score one touchdown late in the game. When momentum was swung, I think that Dallas defense had a better game aside from not making that interception that Trayvon Diggs dropped. No, um, the Niners had a better it, game it, defensively. You can't even argue that. I, I just you can argue that they had turnovers and they won the game. It's the it's exactly it's the one it's the interception. How many turnovers did the Cowboys have that game? Okay, yeah. Again, I just said it's the dropped interception. Yeah, tough. No, not not trying to come at your team. Just I that's my been my Super Bowl pick since early on. I think that defense is going to carry him the way. And the Panthers really did everybody in by sending McCaffrey there because you still have Samuel Kittle, Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell was in there to ice the game too, which is kind of crazy. I mean, Kyle Shanahan gets everybody involved and it works well. It'll be a good game this week. I'm excited to see this one. I do think that, that that Cowboys defense has a chance to grow into what the 49ers defense has done year in and year out for the past few. All righty, with that, let's jump into our weekly NFL analysis of these games here for the conference championships. Let's start off our week here with the NFC here at 3 p.m. on Sunday. 
with the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are our favorite right now at two and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 148. The 49ers money line at plus 126. And the over-under sitting at 46 and a half. The trends I have here are that the 49ers have won 12 straight, 10 and 2 against the spread in those 12. Eagles are 19 and 2 straight up in their last 21 games as the favorite. The Eagles are 8 and 2 against the spread in their last 10 games against San Francisco. The 49ers have covered nine straight conference games and are 19 and 3 against the spread in their last 22. The 49ers are 13 and 1 against the spread in their last 14 games played in January. That's all from me here. Mackie, you want to get us started on the 49ers and the Eagles? Yeah, um, Eagles proved me wrong wrong last week. Um, they looked healthier than ever. They had more momentum than ever. Um, Jalen Hurts looked better than ever. Uh, they didn't really show any weaknesses. They got out to an early lead. Didn't turn. Didn't look back. It was a blowout by halftime. Um, that being said, I think it they definitely carry that into this week, especially in the link against uh, a rookie quarterback who's going to have all the nerves going. We saw it last week um, against an in a, a team that's worse than the Eagles in the Dallas Cowboys, um, he was already, he was off. He, he was definitely off his game. So when you're going into, into the link, uh, in an NFC championship game, you're definitely going to have a lot of nerves going. I, d- I like Jalen Hurts to get the job done here. I think they're, they're the overall better team. Um, and I think they'll be able to take care of business. I think Dallas was the better team, like I said, but they just weren't able to take care of business like they always do. Um, or like they always can, I should say. Eagles are, will take care of business. Um, Niners just—they're not going to have the offense to keep up with the with the uh, Eagles. They're going to put up more than twelve points, like Dallas couldn't. Um, and that's all they really need to do is just get a little mo- little momentum, get a little offense going, and this game just uh, c- could just swing their way the entire game. I really like the Eagles to cover cover a spread here and uh, get to the Super Bowl. Mac, I do I do have a question. When you keep saying that the the Niners are a worse team, um. If you go position by position, where, where where are the Niners outmatched by the Cowboys and the Eagles? Why we gotta go position by position? It's not a it's not a single player game. No, that, all right, that's that's a good way to look at. It. I'm just trying to think of a way that they're a better team. I mean, I think that defense wins what championships. You, the, the, I mean, the Eagles are 14 and two this year. 14. No, 14, I know, but um, 15 the, and the way two I'm looking year. at it, the Niners have the best defense in the NFL. And as Ray Lewis said in 2005, defense wins championships. I think that okay, but that defense that defense also looked a little shaky against a pretty bad Seattle team in the playoffs, uh, with nonetheless. And then honestly, Dak just couldn't get it done. That's the, that's what it comes comes down to. I don't really think that the Niners did everything everything that they could. Um, Dak threw two terrible balls. They got two they got two uh, interceptions off of it. Put them in good field position where where Dallas defense actually stood their ground, held them the field goals at the most. Um, I just don't think that that Niners team was that impressive last week. Definitely not. You're at right all. There. But one thing I and have to Eagles... contest you on is that, that Cowboys defense is light years better than the Eagles defense. In my opinion, pass rush is what really got to Brock Purdy last week when it comes down to it. And it really stuck and it stymied that run game with Christian McCaffrey not getting many yards. I don't think that Eagles defense is as good at, with, you know, you have Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, that Cowboys defense. That's still a good, that's still a, that's still an elite yeah, defense in the elite league. Elite defense. Going elite into defense, the, going into as, the link in the NFC championship game. Not as disruptive as the Cowboys pass rush at all. Yeah, well, I think when you're going into, into Philadelphia for an NFC championship game, um, it's going to play yeah, a little where, more than the Dallas pass rush. Wherever you go. Yeah. 
Wherever you go, it's tough in the it's NFC hard, Championship. It's a hard when you're on the road in the conference championship, it's always tough. Mackey doesn't. I think, uh, he's salty uh, against these Niners. I, I'm I've been high on the Eagles all year. Um, I was high on them last week. I knew they were gonna roll that Giants team. I should have put it on the card. I'm really not points. salty. I mean, I'm not salty about the Niners. That's not what I'm really mad about. I'm just looking at it in a, at the bigger picture. I think the Eagles are a way better team. Uh, Brock Purdy, you're, I think you're led by a, by a rookie quarterback who's six games into his career. Um, I, I, I don't think they're going to be able to overcome adversity. I think the Niners have the better um, running running back room, like run game. I think they have the better skill position players, and they have the better defense, but the quarterback definitely overmatches them. It's going to be a great game, but I think, honestly, my play is the under here. Where are you leaning on the over-under? I, I, I have a question there because I think if it's going I, under. I like the over. You like the over? I like the under this week. I don't think there's going to be many points. I believe in these defenses. But if the Eagles do come out and win this game, you know who's going to have to have a big day is A.J. Brown. I really think he's going to have to have a statement game against – that's the weak point of the Niners' defense is their secondary. Um, if Jalen Hurts can overcome the pass rush, which I don't think he will, which is why I lean on I'm, – I'm on the Niners' money line, riding that to the Super Bowl if I can, the big game that is. But, um, yeah, I, I think this defense is going to eat and defense win championships – I think McCaffrey finds more running room than he did last week against that good Cowboys defense. But it'll be a tightly contested one for sure. Huff, I'm, I'm eager to hear what you think about this one. So I've gone, I've gone back and forth a couple of ways on this one. but um, So this this is an interesting matchup because these quarterbacks, a lot of, obviously this is uh, Purdy just kind of got into his starting role a couple weeks ago and he hasn't lost a game as a starter. Um, we know what the, uh, the number one seed Philadelphia Eagles are capable of. Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy, this is a little rematch from a college Big 12 game from uh, Oklahoma and Iowa State back, I think it was 2019, whenever uh, Purdy led the Iowa State. They were down like three touchdowns, and Purdy led them back, and they won, or they lost by, I think it was a two-point conversion they ended up losing the game by. But um, Obviously, Purdy, uh, that was an electric game, a classic Big 12 game, like 40 points on both sides. The over hits by 20 points, but... This is going to be an interesting matchup. I, I think it's going to be pretty similar. I think you're going to see a lot of points on the board from both teams, but I do like the Eagles to come out and get the win here. Uh, the two and a half is, uh, I don't know why. I think it's weird. I think this could be a close, very close game, but I like the Eagles to come out on top. I'll probably end up taking the Eagles spread, but uh, for now, my pick is just going to be the Eagles to win this game. I know it's a minus 150 pick, but um, I like the Eagles, uh, what they're doing, and they just don't look, they look unstoppable in their home field. Uh, last week, another a team they beat up on that I was high on most of the season was the Giants, and I uh, took them with the points there. I thought a divisional matchup would be a lot closer, but uh, the Eagles really showed that they had all the film that they needed to shut Daniel Jones down and shut Saquon Barkley down. He was pretty non-existent most of the game there uh, in Philly last week. And uh, you said AJ Brown. I think one. I think one guy that's going to have a big week this week for um, the Eagles is Devontae Smith. I really like when guys are keyed on the number one receiver in defenses. I usually look to the number two and take a lot of their props. Uh, I saw Devontae Smith to lead this game in receiving yards at plus 220. I do like that. I like the Eagles minus two and a half. Um, and I'm actually thinking about my first half, but I want to take the over because I think the Eagles start this game very fast. I think the 49ers will have a good game script coming into this. It's going to come into the second half to see how the defense is and how they adjust towards what Purdy is coming are bringing to the Eagles defense and what Jalen Hurts is bringing to the 49ers defense. But I think the scheme, obviously the coaches, you have Kyle Shanahan and Nick Sirianni. This can be a great matchup, but 
from a coaching as- or aspect, I definitely think the 49ers had the advantage. I just think Jalen Hurts is he's on a tear this year, and I do not want to see him in the playoffs right now. They have a the run game, what they're able to do. This is going to be a very good run game. Um, we have two of the best, obviously, rushing teams going at it, but I'm going to lean Eagles right now. I think the Eagles get the job done on their home field. With so much rushing um, and quality defenses on both sides, why I lean the under. And good coaching staffs, they'll play it close to the best, in my opinion. But so many skill ma- players on the outside that can make it pop, so. I just think over there. I just think with the rushing, obviously these are two big game, big big play teams. You have, you know, I could see. I said the Devonte Smith to lead this game in George receiving Kittle. yards. I could see a forty-five yard touchdown to Devonte Smith over the top. I could see a, you know, a twenty-three yard over the middle to Kittle. Just like all these big, Debo, not necessarily Brown, big play, Exactly. Yeah. Just like there's skill players all over the place. To, you know, you can't cover them all. Someone's going to be open every play on both sides. So. Um, but I just think Eagles just play such experience. a fast-paced game. I yeah, think it's going to start slow though, because these two quarterbacks have never been in a conference championship. The lights are on for both of them, you know. That you think they're going to come out really, That's either a really good thing or a really bad thing. You're right. These defenses have been there. Think about the guys on both sides of the ball. Oh yeah, like I mean, you look at the Niners. They got Trey Greenlaw or Dre Greenlaw and Fred uh, Warner. Fred Nick Warner. Then, yeah, they got dogs all over the place. We've been talking about their defense all season, but. It's something about Jalen Hurts this year. I just think him on his home field and this this kind of swagger the Eagles are playing with in Philly, I just can't. And if they come out to dreams and nightmares with Meek Mill running out with a fucking speaker around, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't fade the Eagles. I don't know. It's just that Philly, Philly moxie. That stadium is going to be buzzing. Is this the, th- this the 3 o'clock game? It's only happened sh- once before, though, right? They've only been to the Super Bowl twice. No, I know. It's just the, the recent success. This t- Most of the team is still there that was – there the past mm. couple of years i know they still have that core together guys like i mean you look fletcher at like, cox yeah fletcher cox kelsey like a lot of the, lane the true trench players yeah most of the offensive line still there so lane johnson's playing with an injury you know, i believe he tore his peck or something i don't know what he tore but he's, he's gonna be playing yes. and that's a tough matchup for nick bosa too because i was talking to some of my philly friends and they were really keying in on that um one thing though that that Eagles team, I was I I figured they were gonna crush the Giants. I've you guys have been making money on them all year. Kudos to you. No disrespect to their season, but coming into the year, like I, I can remember Mackie agreeing with me on this. We thought they were gonna be a top three pick team, and that's why when I saw that juggernaut Eagles team coming against the Giants, I was like, "There's no way they're covering this week. The Eagles are gonna stomp them." But this is a much different task, in my opinion. This Niners team is so battle proven. Oh no, like, they've been uh, yeah, in this I'm not spot overlooking so it. long. I think that's I what I was gonna say. Is that the Eagles just come out last, on top. Last, last week we just saw the Eagles come out swinging right away, but um, I mean that's against a Giants team that wasn't really supposed to be there at the beginning of the season. This Niners team obviously had these expectations from the beginning of the season. This defense is what it is. So I, they they could come out and play a little more conservative, which would uh, spoil mine and Huff's plan for this game. But um, I, Did the Eagles I don't know. And Niners I think play gonna, this year? No, they played the last time they played was week two last year. With obviously that Eagles team oh, was not d- what they both are now. Di- both different teams, both different teams. So they they yeah. don't have script on them. But, either. Um, that's the other thing that Giants mm-hmm. game. See, that's the one thing I could. I'm not necessarily overlooking this 49ers team as much as I mean I might make yeah be making it seem like I could see a situation where the 49ers definitely have a lead in this game. Oh, I I I think the Niners could definitely win this game if the Eagles come out slow and and uh, don't play the way the way they've been playing all season and don't trust their their system, this could definitely go the opposite way than what, what I'm thinking. I'm just, uh, dude, they got to trust what got them there. I mean, this team is the most dominant offense in the league, even though it's not like points per game wise, but 
they're definitely the most dominant and unstoppable offense in the league. Um, just go with what you what's been working. I mean, it can't be stopped. It, you've seen it can't be stopped. So, um, get, here. So I if pulled, it's not broke. Don't fix it. I pulled a couple stats. Obviously, Purdy's all-time playoff record two and zero from this year. Uh, Jalen Hurts one and one. Obviously, only playing one game this year and losing last year to Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, all-time playoff stats. I'll just tell you the stats. You tell me who's who. 412 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, 546 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. Wait, redo that. 412 yards and three touchdowns, two interceptions, 546 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. Purdy hasn't thrown. Brock Purdy has zero picks. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, these dudes are. Purdy's, like, I'm waiting for the cliff with him and. I keep it burned me last week with the with the Cowboys and he just keeps getting the job done. Obviously, props to the coaching. I think that's ninety nine percent of it. But um, the I don't system know. he's in, I mean, it's 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 incredible. I mean, he's making the plays that he needs to make. He's making the third down conversions that ninety nine percent of first year quarterbacks are not going to make, especially in a NFL or in a divisional um, in a playoff divisional game. Um, He's just making the right plays. He's, it's he, not that playoffs, hard he's with not making Kittle, those. Samuel, and McCaffrey. It's not that Mitchell. hard. With, you say that. It's not that hard. But you can't. You, you see like Zach Wilson go out there and can't even make a check down pass in the regular but, season But game. that offensive making, line. And look at the weapons around him. And that coaching staff. I think Kyle Shanahan's the best offensive mind in football. You can tell by the trade bro, that also, coming off of him. But. I'll talk about this one play. It was third down. Maybe third and four. They were driving downfield. Maybe six minutes left. You give Dallas the ball back. They have a good chance of scoring. It's third and four. He finds McCaffrey through the tiniest hole on third and four with the pressure coming at you. They're throwing everything they have at you, and you're able to get that throw off for five yards and get a first down and keep the clock moving. Like that's an elite. That's, that's an elite throw. Yeah. That he's just he's just doing the the bare minimum, which is more than enough at this point. And, that's what. That's you know, why he's I'm not with making them. those big passes. He's not making not those big passes. But, shoulders. But it, again, it's worked against the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys, who choke year in and year out. I just think the Eagles will be able to do something about it. I don't know. Um, um I, th- I, I, I wonder if I'm going to ride the same play I've been riding like a, for a few weeks now. It's just Niners money line and then McCaffrey TD straight up. I could do that again. Run it back, not even adjust I mean, the card. If if they win, he's in. Like yeah. Last week, even when they got don't in, win. And- even when they don't win, he's got to get in. How else are they scoring? You know, Kittle, I mean, they a lot of value they on, lost with him yet. A lot of he didn't get in Kittle, last though. week, and they were losing that game. Yeah, and he he did. He had chances though before that. He's one of those guys that gets a lot of looks, but yeah, Kittle value on a Kittle touchdown too. I think Kittle props throughout the board. Kittle and Goddard are both gonna have big days with with young quarterbacks making their conference championship debuts. I'd be looking at their prop reception overs for sure, and both them to get in the end zone. Maybe a first touchdown score. We've seen a lot of tight ends catch those huff. Um, I think you've hit on a few as well. Yeah, Dalton on Sunday, that, that Cowboys. It's it's that check down. Kelsey did it too last week, didn't he? Goddard as yeah. well. Yeah, I had Kelsey. You said you had that one too. Yeah, Goddard as well. Yeah, Goddard. Did Kittle even get in the end zone? No, it was one touchdown piece last week. Yeah, it was only Kittle's nine. more of like a... When you need a big play, you get a big play. I feel like he doesn't really yeah. find the end zone very often. No, but that's what I'm saying. You can find good value for the amount of looks he gets. And his, yeah, definitely. His breakaway capability. I think this is this is. Uh, I mean, obviously, deservedly so since the NFC Championship. But in my opinion, this is the toughest game to pick of the year, and this is a playoff football game. I know the next game we're going to get into is going to be fun one to watch. Everybody's excited for it, but this is like 
grind it down. Every point matters. I think this is going to be a tight back and forth game. That's why I'm on the under. And I'm taking the underdog too with the value, but it's going to be a great one either way. And whoever gets out of this NFC deserves it. So these are the two top teams out there, in my opinion. So I'm glad we get them in the final game. Another reason I'm on the on the Eagles and obviously the 49ers, we've talked about their defense all year. I just think uh, CJGJ, Darius Slay, all these uh, defensive backs for the 40, or for the Eagles are able to key up on Debo and Kittle, obviously. Um, both defenses are elite. They should be able to do it to each other. But I just that Eagles defense, uh, Gardner Johnson, Darius Slay, Brandon Graham, they're playing with obviously some serious James right Bradbury. Now. They got Fletcher yeah, Clark. They, they, they have names just, everywhere. They're na- I mean, like we said, 49ers, same thing, but that's usually the teams that are here at this time of year. We got four teams left. You're usually able to name like all 11 starters on both yeah. sides of the ball for most of these teams. So, but but I in just, the weak that, NFC, the yeah, true. I'm, just, I'm it, happy it's them too. Yeah, it just blows my mind. I'll be watching an Eagles game and I'm like, dude, how many defensive backs did they have that would be starters on any team? Like, how did they get Gardner Johnson? How did the rest of the NFL Trades. let that happen? That off, the offseason moves by that, that front office from the Eagles, they went all in. I mean, they tried to do this before a few years ago when they had Michael Vick, and it didn't pan out too well. But this year they did it with Jalen Hurts. And Doug Peterson, the culture he built there before he was on his way out, I think that stuck around. And then the front office and Sirianni really got them rejuvenated. Yeah, I agree. And, like, dude, they got, like, Nam Kong Su. Like, people, like, I just – they have names. Like, I don't even – Remember, they have these dudes. They just be like, yeah, hey, Sue, third and Limbell three. Why don't you head in there? Yeah. One of something funny that we missed out on that I wish we got on the train for. One of my buddies shouted this out, uh, Nick Falcone. He listens to the pod. Shout out to him. But he was on a Boston Scott touchdown all week. And I guess there's that stat yeah, of every time he plays killer, the Giants, yeah. he gets in. And there's so much value on it. I think it. you I got, yeah, you definitely talked about that, Ace. I remember that. Yeah, that would have been interesting to get in on because. Seems like everybody in Philly culture knew he was getting in, but nobody else did. And then the stats back it up and against the Giants, so we missed out on the good value there. I think he was coming in like plus three sixty, maybe. I was gonna say the prop I wish I took in that game was the the one value play I gave out last week that I liked was Kenneth Gainwell anytime touchdown. Didn't come when I thought it was going to the garbage time to make it thirty eight to seven, but they all cashed the same way. That would have been a nice hit. I think it was plus four thirty or something like that. Yeah, those backup running backs. I mean. Miles Sanders, they gotta they gotta duel him out. And it's tough. I mean, I hit on Jalen Hurts anytime last week. That's something I'll look at for the Eagles. I'm looking at Hurts and Brown to have a good day. Goddard too. Um, but then McCaffrey on the other side, Kittle, and then that Niners money line. Those are those are the plays I'll be looking at this week. So definitely check out our card here. Good good NFC battle. Get to the bowl. Let's go over to the AFC for our six thirty matchup. With the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. We got the Chiefs as our favorite here in this one at minus one. Their money line at minus 120. Bengals money line at plus 102. And the over-under sitting at 47.5. This game's being played down in Burrowhead. The big topic recently with, with Joe Burrow's success in Kansas City. The trends I got here is that the under is 9-1 in the past 10 Cincinnati playoff games. The Bengals are 21 and 5 against the spread in their last 26 games and 7 and 1 straight up in their last 8 games in Kansas City. The Chiefs are 12 and 1 straight up in their last 13 games as the favorite, just barely the favorite here, but solid trends there. This game, I already said that. Uh, let's go over to Huff. Huff, what do you think about this matchup here? 6:30 on Sunday. 
in Burrowhead. Uh, yeah, I heard uh, Travis Kelsey talking on his podcast this week saying that the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals fans and everything that's going around uh, right now with what you said, the Chief fans calling Arrowhead Burrowhead, he said, giving, a, giving the Chiefs a little too much bulletin board material, I think were his exact words. And um, I'm going to be riding the Chiefs this week. Uh, I think the, the amount of money on the Bengals, I think this is a team that Everyone's saying they should be favored in this game. They should be favored. Burrow's three and zero against Mahomes. You, you know, Burrowhead. All this bullshit about uh, Joe Burrow and everyone sucking his dick lately. I, I'm not fading the baby goat here. Give me Patrick Mahomes as he was a home underdog. I wanted it to go. I thought it was eventually going to get the Chiefs plus three. I was going to say there's no way Vegas lets that happen. Chiefs. I'll take the money line minus one, minus one twenty, whatever it is. Um, Chiefs aren't losing this game. Joe uh, Joe Burrow is not beating Patrick Mahomes four times in a row. Bengals Cinderella story comes to an end. I said it last year when the Bengals lost in the Super Bowl. I didn't think they would be back to another Super Bowl within five years. And this game Sunday is going to uh, prove my point for year one of that take. Uh, Mahomes is going to take down Burrow here. Nothing too much to worry about. I don't think the ankle is going to be as big of an issue as many people are saying. Obviously, that's not something I can speak on. Or I, you know, I don't really know how he's feeling 100%. But seeing the video of him walking in out of the press conference, no walking boot, no crutches, no uh, wincing whenever he's taking a step. But I, I'm not fading the baby goat. Give me Patrick Mahomes. Give me Travis Kelsey minus one this week in Arrowhead, not Burrowhead. We'll see on Sunday. Yeah, uh, I don't know about your five-year plan with the Bengals, but uh, I agree with you on this year. I, 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 th- I think the Chiefs will. Uh, We'll find a way to get it done this year, um, or this week, I should say. Um, all the fuel that they're giving them, I mean, Eli Apple alone is just giving, he's he's asking to get kicked out of the playoffs right now. Um, yeah, all the fans calling a burrow head, like, come on. Remember who you're playing against this week. You're playing against Pat Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the league. He's already got a Super Bowl. He's already got an MVP. He can do whatever he wants to do when he's playing on his home field. Um Joe Burrow, obviously not discrediting him at all. Guy that doesn't seem to know how to lose a lose a football game, but um, you know, it's, it's going to be a toss up and it's going to be a a shootout. And you know, it's I, I like the home team here. I like Pat Mahomes to get the job done, and I they're my Super Bowl pick this year. So I really like the Chiefs, um, with all the momentum going towards um, c- Cincinnati in this game. Had to get to the mute button there, but yeah, um, unlike the last game, I'm going to agree with you guys on this one. I've been on, uh, like Mackie, been on Patrick Mahomes, uh, the baby goat like Hoff likes to call him, for a while now. I've been riding that for a while. Already locked in my pick this week, actually. I got it when they were plus, like Huff was saying. They were plus one and a half coming into the week. Um, so that's already locked in along with my Niners pick, but I think Mahomes gets it done at home. We saw that, that uh, clip of him walking without the boot, which was good to see. I think Kelsey stays hot. Look at him for a first touchdown score again or any time. Um, Mahomes is going to find success against Barrow sooner or later. And like you said, too much Baltimore board material. I think they have the better defense. I saw people saying that they think the Bengals' defense is better than the Chiefs. But the Chiefs still have some playmakers on their side. Look for Chris Jones to have a big game. And the Bengals have actually struggled with a lot of teams um, as of late. I know mean, they struggle against the Ravens. They shouldn't even be here. I mean, they're they're playing over their head, maybe looking past the Chiefs here so. I think that Andy Reid's a great coach. That stadium's going to be rocking. Pacheco's going to be having a day. We saw his acceleration burst out of the backfield last week. They got McKinnon, too. There's going to be value on that anytime touchdown, especially now after getting in last week. 
Um, he's been finding it Pater all year long ever since they rejuvenated him. And then, um, yeah, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Tony's looked elite, Valdez Scantling and Hardman. I think the Airhead's going to be rocking, going to like a lot of points here, giving the Chiefs in the over here. And uh, definitely like some for some prop plays. I don't know if you guys have any off the top of your head that you were thinking about, but for me, it's definitely Kelsey and uh, Kelsey and Pacheco, but maybe a little bit of uh, Kadarius Tony. My so I guess I'll kind of just allude to my value play of the week. It's on this game. I had a uh, Jarek McKinnon first touchdown plus one thousand. I see a lot of value with that. I know you just said Kelsey. I think. Uh, the, I like that the, a lot. The, the dual back with Paquette, pa, yeah, Pacheco and McKinnon, uh, we've seen Mahomes. He likes to throw that check down to Jarek McKinnon. Once he gets those feet rolling in the open field, um, inside the 20, he's a, he's capable to get in any time in the open field. But uh, I like that plus 1,000 a lot. And Ace, you said a couple other props you were looking at. I think my play on this game is going to be uh, a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown in the Chiefs money line. If you put it together, it's plus 200. I, I mean – if the Chiefs win this game, Kelsey is scoring. So um, I hit like that last Chiefs, week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think if you like the Chiefs this week, I think that could be a very nice play. Plus 200. Chiefs money line, Kelsey anytime. But I like Jarek McKinnon first. So uh, I think that plus 1,000 could be nice to go along with. Yeah, I, I love that Jarek McKinnon. He had that string of touchdowns going towards the end of the season, maybe like six games in a row or something. Patrick Mahomes check down option. Um in a tight back and forth game, you're going to look at that receiving back out there more often than not. But I bet you they start with Pacheco. I think they're going to try and get him going. Honestly, he's, he's, he's been a home run hitter. It looks like. I think you could see here's how, like when I take a guy like that to score first, like meaning Jared McKinnon, I just see Pacheco or Kelsey, get him down to like the six yard line. Mahomes in the shotgun, Jared McKinnon to his right. Little wheel, little, you know, little out route. Flat Mahomes. route. Yeah, well, how, depending on the ankle, Mahomes does a little rollout. Just yeah. a little, little Mahomes sidearm, first touchdown. CBS, whoever has the game, it's the highlight, cutting the commercial. 7 nothing Chiefs, Joe Burrow, and then all the announcers are going to be sucking Joe's coxie. And, oh, what can the Bengals do? I don't think too much. I think this. I think the Chiefs have their way with them this game, honestly. I don't think this is going to be as close as people think. I think that the Bengals still get theirs, though. I think Barrow throws over. I think he throws three touchdowns this game. I, I like the over here, but I like the Chiefs to put up 30, 30 plus points, and I like the the uh, the Bengals to sit in the, the mid twenties. You know what else is important to watch about that guy Evan McPherson? The toe of his has been has been commentated about a lot. It's supposed to be one of the up and coming best kickers. Had a great year last year, but he's had a pretty shaky season. So let's see how he fares this week. Uh, I know Brett Maher had some uh, struggles for the Cowboys, and that that almost cost them, and it did end up costing them last week. Uh, would change possessions and whatnot. So that's an important piece of the game, and I know he's got a lot of talent, but struggling this year, so that's, that's key to me. I was checking the odds on a Joe Burrow interception, and I'm um, shocked to see yes at minus 112. So if, I was a, if that was a plus money, that would definitely be something I'm looking at. I could see um, a, a situation maybe the Bengals are down 10 and start airing the thing out, and Justin Reed or one of these nice Chiefs defensive backs come down with Sneed. it. Yeah, someone back there, I think. I think that could be some some play, but I don't like the minus one twelve because obviously you're, you know you're betting on a top two, top two, top three quarterback to throw a pick, but in the, one of the biggest games of their life, uh, just not something I'm looking at. I like the Kelsey anytime with the Chiefs money line, two hundred or plus two hundred, and then the Jarek McKinnon first. You might see both of those on my card. Across the board, I think there's a lot of plays you can look at on that Bengal side too, though. 
they like to throw a lot. I think T. Higgins is something I looked at last week and I missed on, but I, I didn't take the weather into account, which kind of screwed me over. But he still had seven targets, came down four catches, came up too short. Um, That's someone I'd look to to get in any time. Joe Mixon, he's been getting his. He, he's a good player too, and especially against this Chiefs. they like to, There's a lot of points in Chiefs games, we know that. So uh, Barrow, Ch- Barrow, Chase, um, Higgins, maybe a Hayden Hurst, good value there. Um, Mac, you have any thoughts on a uh, Mac? You have any thoughts on a Bengals play? Yeah, um, I like Jamar to get in. I, I think they get his, even if it's a late touchdown when they're down like fourteen, down sixteen, something like that, just to get the game a little closer. Um, we're going to be targeting him a lot. Uh, I like the high scoring game. I think the overhead. So I do think um, Joe Burrow will ball out. I think Mahomes will ball out. Um, star players are going to get their yards. They're going to get their. Uh, they're going to get in the end zone. I had I had th- that uh, value play last week. Well, I didn't really play it, but um, the two plus Kelsey two touchdowns. Yeah, and I I, I went with the Giants and the Cowboys like an idiot, and uh, Kelsey hit clean and easy. So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna hey, I, what were the odds? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna remember. insert that clip. Another another value play I liked. I just wanted to throw this out there. Um, was uh Travis Kelsey two put score two or more touchdowns. Um, you know, when he gets one, he usually gets a second one, especially in a game like this. So, so it's sitting at plus 400, so it's not a bad play. Um, just a nice little value play. And who guessed awesome. that one of them would be from Chad Henney? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I guessed that one, but. Yep. Um, and stepped him well. I mean, do you guys think that the Mahomes ankle injury is going to be anything to monitor? I mean, it definitely affected his play last week. I think last week, I mean, uh, I, I think Chiefs, he the Chiefs were in a situation where you have a $500 million quarterback. We know what Mahomes is and what their future is with him healthy. You don't want to risk that in that situation. Just, I mean, if once if you lose one playoff game and it means you have him healthy with a good ankle for the next five years, that's a win scenario. Uh, I think they were waiting on the x-ray. Once they got the x-ray, I think he took a, a toward all shot. And basically, probably didn't even feel his ankle the whole rest of the game. So who knows if he was in pain until, you know, late He Sunday looked a night, little Monday slowed morning. up or banged up. Yeah, he definitely – it definitely looked like he was feeling it for sure, but um, I, the Chiefs team, I think they it's, just find a way. I think it's worse than what it is, and he's obviously just, like, trying to, like, not let the media see I that he should that be limping too. around. But you see the way that he, like, walks out of interviews and everything. Like, he's yeah. trying to make it look like he doesn't want to limp, but he's definitely favoring a leg. Or How he's definitely trying. his mobility, like, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I th- I think that – I, I don't think it'll be a problem, and I think with everyone writing off the Chiefs, he's going to come out and just do what he does um, in front of his home crowd. But I definitely think he's not 100% on that ankle. But I really don't think it'll really become that much of a factor. Um, he does. He he's not the the um, the least mobile quarterback in the league, but um, he doesn't need his feet. I mean, it he helps need, with the rollout though, and the extension of the it has, that's, he gets that's, away that's from why I didn't want to. That's why I didn't want to finish that sentence. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it does affect him, but hopefully I'm wrong. I mean, I think he'll be able to at least get through the pain. It's been a week, and if you're able to do the things that he's doing right now, um, scary. Should be able to fight through the pain on a rollout in in a AFC Championship game. You know how nuts would Arrowhead go if uh, the banged up Mahomes runs one in somehow on an extension of a <laughs> a, a, a twelve yard rush from Mahomes. Like scampering through, just, banged up and all, like that place would be going nuts. I think they have the record for being allowed a stadium. Yeah, they do. You just, you just don't want to see him go down. It's the last thing you want to see. And just, 
it's not like you can write it out. You can't write it out for this game. Uh, it's definitely a possibility. It takes one wrong, uh, one wrong step, anything turn or whatever it is. Yeah, it could be. He, he can he could step the wrong way. I think it's gonna come down to the toe of either Butker or uh, McPherson, though. If I'm being honest, I mean, all three times these teams have played each other, the Bengals have won by three. And it was 27-24 twice. Didn't Butker have a chance to to hit the game winner in the last one? What's well, the tie? He it would have tied it. I thought he missed and in the then AFC McPherson champ- hit the game winner. No, in the reg- last regular season game. Did he oh, miss oh, and make oh, McPherson oh. hit the game winner? Or did he would miss the tie it after? Would that have been the one this year? Yeah. You might be right on that, yeah. I feel like Bucker might have had a sixty something yarder to tie it. I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna look up this chance. I'm gonna go look at it too. Because that's what interesting week, what week to look at. Let's, let's let's see. Matchup. Um Burrow and Mahomes this year played each other week 13, December 4th. All right, let's look at that real quick because that'll, that'll, that'll come into play a bit. Obviously, the playoffs are a, lot, a different animal, but. Bengals won 27-24. Mahomes had 200. It ended on McPherson's foot. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And Butker missed one on the drive before. And Mackey, that was the game I had over 51 and a half, and it hit 51. I remember that. That was tough. I think you were on it as well off the card. Missed field goal by by Butker on the previous drive, of fifty five. Does it say that? Yep. I do remember. Yeah, I do remember that. He missed it with fifty five yards, and then the Bengals go down and win the field, win the game with a field 55 goal. Fifty five yarder, no good, and then it ended on probably a thirty something. Oh no! It ended on a kneel out. Okay, so Chiefs got the ball back. Oh yeah, so he missed the he missed it to win the game, but he it missed was, it to it tie it with. T- a lot of time left. With five minutes left, five five minutes left. It's a uh, three minutes left. He missed it. It was fourth and seven. Fifty-five yarder with Butker though. You got to go for it. He's got. He's a good kicker. Fifty-five yarders. I mean, you expect your 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 kicker to hit that. Yeah, I remember that though. I was I was so pissed. There was like another. There's something else. I missed it by like one point. Was there other missed field goal or something like that? Something, but they uh. Yeah, that was a tough beat, but I think it's going to come down to the toe once again. Should be interesting. I could see Chiefs 34, Bengals 23. Yeah, what do you guys score predictions for this round? That, that'll be interesting to hear. Here, I just did my one, and then I'll say Eagles 28, 49ers 21. I'm going to say Niners 23, Eagles 21. And then All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. To, all right, you go, Ace. Finish up. All right, for the Chiefs, I'm gonna go. Thirty-four for the Chiefs. Twenty-four for the Bengals. I said it's gonna, oh, go, gonna come say, down to his toe, so it could be 34-31. We'll say 34-31. I'll give the Bengals one more score. How about that? 34-31. You say you were a point off from my my score. I said 31. What did I say? 34-23. Yeah. I'm gonna go twenty-seven. I'm gonna go twenty-seven twenty-two. Uh, Eagles, and uh, I don't know. I, I guess Chiefs thirty-one twenty-eight. That's what I was thinking. It's gonna be right like the mid thirties for the Chiefs and high twenties for the for the Bengals. But it could come down to a last-minute field goal, like an interception or something. Is gonna be so vital if Patrick Mahomes is ailed or whatnot. Um, maybe a big run by Mixon or Pacheco changes that forecast of the whole game. But yeah, twenty-three twenty-one for the Niners gets me that money line and the under there. So. 
maybe I look to tease both those. That could be a same game play if you're looking there. Um, either Chiefs teased with the over in that first game, in the second game, or Niners teased with the under in the first game. So a lot, a lot of different things to look at this week. Definitely can get creative with only two games on the slate. You got a lot of time to look at it. I wish you could tease team totals. That'd be crazy. All right, that's going to do it for our conference championship game analysis. Lots of good stuff across the board for those two games on Sunday, NFC and the AFC. Be sure to stay tuned for our picks on social media, Instagram and Twitter, respectively. That's all I got this week. What do you guys got? Anything else? No, just excited to see these two great matchups. I mean, we dived into it pretty deep, so definitely check out our socials for our plays this week. Um, like Jesse mentioned earlier, plus 17 and a half units on the NHL daily card. If you're not jumping on, then I don't know what you're doing. Um, NBA still plus units and the NCAA basketball, I believe is double digit plus as well. So if you're not tuning in, then now's the time to, I mean, hop on the gravy train. That's all I got. Let's go Niners, go Chiefs, go bees, go bees. Yeah, so obviously you guys said it, the NHL card, uh, Mackie, that's something that we had last year in the NHL playoffs up. I think we got to 16 or 17 units, so um, now we have it back at 17, 17.58, I think. We're rolling in the NHL. NBA is just over 5.5, I believe. College basketball is over 10. Uh, $100 better, up around 3400 bucks On free nightly plays on social media, I mean, that's not necessarily something you can pass up on, but to each their own. Keep fading us. If you're fading us, I, I wish you luck uh, on your bank account because you're not doing too well. But um, if you're riding with the boys, you're you're looking pretty good so far throughout the, uh, the gist of the NHL and NBA season as we get near the halfway marker. But big weekend of football coming up, as we said, two games on Sunday. Um, you heard our opinions on them. Stay tuned to the social medias for all of our picks going into each of these games. Um, make sure you're following us everywhere, Instagram. Twitter, TikTok, all across social media. Leave a review, like, and subscribe to everything we got. That's going to do it for me this week. We'll see you guys in two weeks for the big game episode. Uh, See who comes out of these games this week, but we will see you guys in two weeks. Uh, Have a good one, and thanks for listening. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.